Ho, ho, ho! What's going on, everybody? It's Nairby from CerealAndGrapeJuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. I am also Nairby at KRCR. Sorry. Crazy CRAZ Radio. Speaking of which, it's time for another episode of Degrassi Buddy. This is episode 10. It's already been 10 years of Degrassi Buddy. Man, what a journey it's been. And here on episode 10, we're going to be recapping season 3 of Degrassi Junior High, episodes 4, 5, and 6. Yeah, starting with episode 4. Let's just get right into it. Air date, November 21st, 1988. It's titled Season's Greetings. Now, I recorded this differently. Well, I've not recorded it, but made the notes differently. I did speech to text, so there's probably going to be a lot of mistakes all over the place here because, uh, you know, these speech things can't pick up words properly. Bloody hell. Oh, you're thinking 10 years of doing Grassy Buddy that technology would get better. So we start off and it's Christmas time at Degrassi, well, and in the world at that time. Well, November 21st is when this episode aired, 1988. Yeah. Yick arrives in the lunchroom holding a wrapped gift. Caitlin and Melanie are discussing how they love Christmas. And Yick starts to approach Arthur, who's sitting down, when Arthur's dumb cousin Dorothy says hi to Yick, but Yick ignores her. Yick and Arthur then exchange gifts. And Arthur tells Yick that it's exactly what he's always needed. And he knew it was the perfect present the moment he saw it. Yick holds the box and he tells Arthur that it sure is big. And Arthur replies that just because it looks big doesn't mean that it is big. Yick then asks Arthur if it was expensive. And Arthur replies that when it's the perfect gift, money doesn't mean anything. It's no object, man. Yick replies that that means that it's expensive. And Arthur tells Yick that money's got nothing to do with Christmas. Exactly, man. As you get older, well, at least me anyway, you start spending less money. But then again, yeah, I, I don't really buy gifts for people for Christmas anymore. I'm 44. Like, let, let the young people and the present people deal with that. I don't even want nothing. I just want to hang with people. Time! Time is the best gift that you can give and receive. This message brought to you by the Grassy Buddy. Anyway, after telling Yick that money's got nothing to do with Christmas, Yick tells Arthur that it's easy for Arthur to say because Arthur's rich. And Arthur asks Yick why he's always got to bug him about being rich. They continue to have a little argument until finally they each take back the gifts that they gave each other as little Dorothy is watching in the background and she's looking all shocked too. Oh no. Dorothy, what are you going to do? Yick then goes and eats by himself at his own table in front of Arthur. And Yick and Happy are not Yick and Happy. Yick and Arthur are not, are not happy with each other, as poor little Dorothy is looking on, and she's just as shocked as everybody else. As the original dynamic duo just might be coming to an end, and that's when we get the classic intro. After the intro, Secretary Doris is decorating the school's main office with Christmas cheer, when the school caretaker Luella walks in and asks Doris where the part she ordered is. And the caretaker Luella, I was informed by a listener named Degrassi O is Cool, that's cool with a K, you kids today, is played by a Degrassi writer named Susie Nielsen. And I had no idea about that, but uh, I do know that this, uh, this uh, Luella caretaker has got a cool look, and uh, in my 40s, man, I think she's pretty fine, yeah. Anyway, Secretary Doris tells Luella that the part is on back order, and she doesn't know when it's going to be in. Joey and Snake show up and they ask caretaker Luella when the furnace is going to be fixed. And Luella tells them that she ordered the part over a year ago. 
and she doesn't know when the part's going to be in. I tell you, man, the school might want to look into that because, uh, yeah, a broken furnace is nothing to uh, joke about. There's nothing funny about it, so, you know, hopefully uh, nothing's going to happen in the end, you know what I mean? Joey tells Caretaker Luella that it's just, asks her if it's just going to stay hot like this, and she replies, good guess, goofball. Joey remarks to Snake that they must have have the they must have the weirdest janitor in school history. We go back to the lunchroom where Yick and Arthur are eating lunch by themselves. Yick looks back at back at Arthur with a dirty look. Arthur returns the dirty look, and then they stop looking at each other. Meanwhile, Arthur's dumb cousin Dorothy's watching on, and Dorothy's friend asks friends ask her what's going on with Yick and Arthur, as they're just as concerned as the rest of us about this dynamic duo. And Dorothy responds that she doesn't know, but she's going to fix it. Dorothy gets up and she walks over to Arthur and tells him that he's supposed to be in a good mood because it's Christmas. And Arthur says that he was in a good mood until Yick, ran, Yick went and ruined it all. And Yick turns around and gives Arthur another dirty look. Arthur then tells Dorothy that he's tired of Yick calling him rich all the time. And he's tired of being reminded about it all the time. And Dorothy tells Arthur that it's dumb to fight on the last days before the holidays. Dorothy then goes over to Yick and asks him why he keeps calling Arthur rich because he knows that it bugs him. And Yick says basically that who cares and Arthur is rich and he tells Dorothy to go away. Dorothy then goes back to her seat and she tells Arthur that it's supposed to be the season of peace and goodwill. And she tells Arthur that he and Yick have been friends forever. And remember how they first met and that's when we get the first flashback showing how Arthur and Yick met each other in the very first episode of Degrassi Junior High, which you can hear the recap of at Degrassi Buddy, SeroonGrapeJuice.com. So this is also a bit of a, a, of a clip show, and uh, there's no, nobody more deserving of the clip show treatment, the flashback treatment, than the original dynamic duo of Arthur and Yick. I don't care what anybody says. After the flashback, Arthur says that that was a long time ago. And besides, he's changed. And Yick replies that he's not the one who's changed. Dorothy reminds Arthur that Yick and Arthur have been friends since they came to Degrassi. And we see more flashbacks, including the Swamp Sex Robots episode, and the episode where Arthur and Yick are squirting squirt guns at each other. And after that flashback, Arthur says that if Yick can apologize, he might talk to him, but only if he apologizes and Yick replies that he's not apologizing. And Arthur says that he's not apologizing either. And they go back to being mad at each other. <laughs> Elsewhere in the lunchroom slash cafeteria, Spike is having lunch with the twins, Liz and Lucy. And she tells them how she's worried about not passing this year because her marks are way down. But everybody assures Spike that she'll pass and she'll do fine. And then that's when we get the announcement over the PA system... For Christine Nelson, a.k.a. Spike, to report to the principal's office now. Spike gets up to go to the principal's office, where she's approached by Shane, who says hello to her. But she just blows him off and continues walking. Shane gets upset, upset and remarks to BLT, who tells uh, Shane to stop worrying about it and forget about the baby. But Shane says that it's his baby too, and he just wants to see Emma, and he just wants to help. Man? Yeah. We go back to Dorothy and the dynamic duo, and Dorothy reminds Yick about all the times Arthur's helped him, yet somehow Yick doesn't remember this, 
And then Dorothy has to remind them. For example, of the time that Yick gave Arthur, sorry, that Arthur gave Yick Stephanie Kay's paper. And we see the flashback of that episode, which you can also see, listen to on Degrassi, buddy. Cyrilandgrapejuice.com, yeah. And I just gotta say, Yick and Arthur look so young in these flashbacks compared to how they look like now in this current episode. Like, man, they've they've aged. <laughs> not not severely, but yeah, they've they definitely look a lot older. And during this flashback, we hear Yick reminding Arthur about he got in, about how he got in trouble eventually for uh, turning in Stephanie Kay's papers. And Arthur reminds Yick about what happened afterwards. And after the flashback, Arthur says that thanks to him, Yick got the best marks he's ever gotten. And we go back to the table with the twins, Liz and Lucy, and they're all wondering why Spike has been gone for so long. And that's when Spike suddenly shows up holding a little thing. I don't, I'm a dude. I don't know what those things are called. The things you put babies in to carry them. A carrier. There we go. Spike's showing up holding a carrier. And little Emma has been brought to school for show and tell. <laughs> no, no, Spike is. Uh, Spike tells the group that uh, her dad got in a little accident, a little minor accident, but he, he's fine. And they dropped uh, Emma off uh, at school, and everybody's excited to see Emma. And everybody goes up to Spike's table to take a look at Emma and gawk at her, while Shane is sitting by himself, looking sad. And all the kids are fawning over Emma making faces at her as Emma's drooling and we see a shot in the distance of Shane just looking sad and lonely and then we see a shot of Spike as she looks over at Shane and she sees that Shane is sad and lonely and we see that the wheels are spinning in her head. We go back to Arthur and Yick and Yick reminds Arthur of the times that he helped Arthur by the time that he taught Arthur how to play basketball and Arthur said that he still didn't make the team. <laughs> Yick reminds Arthur of another time he helped him out, like the time that Arthur was having those dreams. And Dorothy's wondering, what dreams? Arthur tells Dorothy to never mind. He gives a little chuckle. And that's when we see a flashback of the episode when Arthur was having wet dreams and he was worried about becoming a sex maniac. <laughs> another episode which you can catch at CerealGrapeJuice.com. Degrassi, buddy, yeah. After the flashback, Arthur tells Yick that he would have called the doctor anyway. And Dorothy's still wondering what the dreams were about. <laughs> Arthur brushes it off and reminds Yick about the time that he got him a date with Melanie. And we see a flashback of that episode, which you can see the recap of. It's you and Great. Yeah, shut up. And after the flashback, Yick tells Arthur, You call that help? <laughs> and he said that it was only after Yick start, stopped listening to Arthur that Melanie agreed to go out with him. Now, back in the day, I recorded a lot of the episodes of Degrassi with the old VCR. And I remember watching this episode when it aired. And when it cut back to Yick, and he said, you call that help? I remember laughing my ass off. Just, just his face and the reaction and how he said it. And then after that episode was done, I went and rewound it and just watched that bit over and over. And it was so goddamn funny. <laughs> oh, you call that help? <laughs> We go back to everybody fawning over baby Emma. Wheels shows up and walks past the group. Takes a little subtle look at Emma. Does a little smile and goes and sits down by himself. Joey and Snake see Wheels. And Snake remarks about how it's Wheels' first Christmas without his parents. And Joey suggests that they go over to Wheels to cheer him up. Which they do. 
They wish Wheels a Merry Christmas, and Joey tells Wheels that he is invited over to Joey's house for Christmas dinner. Wheels says that he's having Christmas dinner with his grandparents, and Joey says that that's fine, because the grandparents are invited as well. But Joey is a bit iffy about it, and he tells, sorry, Wheels is a bit iffy about it, and he tells Joey that his grandfather drools a lot, and Joey says that it's no big deal. Everybody's entitled to drool, and that his mom is making a special Italian dish, and that he needs to come over. Wheels agrees and says that he'll ask his grandparents about it. They then remark about if Wheels has seen Spike's kid yet, and he says that he did. But he doesn't know what's wrong with Shane, as Shane is still sitting by himself. Joey and Wheels don't know what's going on with Shane. And then we go over to Shane, who then slowly gets up from his seat, and slowly walks over to the table where little Emma is. Shane gives little Emma a stroke on the cheek, and asks Spike if he can hold her, and Spike says no. Shane then reminds Spike that he's been giving her half of his allowance every week, and one of the twins tells Spike that it won't hurt. It's Christmas, and Spike eventually agrees to let Shane hold little Emma. Shane picks up little Emma and slowly walks over to his seat so he can bond with her for some alone time for just a little bit, and Spike is told by the twins that it was very nice of her. Spike agrees, and everybody says that Shane and Emma look good together, Again, everybody agrees, and Shane is finally starting to bond with little Emma. We go back to Yick and Arthur, who are still not talking to each other, kind of, sort of. Yick reminds Arthur about the time Arthur broke Yick's vase. And Arthur says that it doesn't matter, it wasn't even valuable. And besides, if it wasn't for that, Yick wouldn't have gotten the excellent mark that he did by giving the speech that he ended up giving, which got him a round of applause. Which you can see, you can listen to that episode, blah, 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 Degrassi, yay. After the flashback, Yick and Arthur start back and forthing it with each other. Arthur calls Yick a liar, and Yick calls Arthur a broomhead. They just keep calling those names to each other back and forth, and they stand up looking like they're about to come to blows as little Dorothy gets up and calms their asses down. Thank God for little Dorothy. Man, can't, I can't have the dynamic duel at each other's throats like this, man, for real. Dorothy reminds them of all the fun they've had together, and all the stuff they've done together, and that they've even bought each other Christmas gifts, and if they're going to end their friendship over something so dumb, then they're both broomheads. You tell them, Dorothy. Man, I never really thought much of Dorothy back when this show was airing, but then I saw how, like, much of a very lovely, I'll just keep it PG, a very lovely looking woman she became. And now watching these episodes, I'm really digging Dorothy. She's a great actor, actress just like her brother, who's a great actor. Yeah, so well, she's, uh, she's trying. And uh, maybe it'll work. We'll see. We cut back to the other students. Luella, the caretaker, walks in looking all dirty like she's been doing a lot of work. Joy walks up to her and asks her if she fixed the furnace. And she tells Joy that she fixed it, but for the time being. Joey tells everybody that the furnace is fixed and they all give a big round of applause as Luella the caretaker just soaks up all of the admiration. And then Joey jokes that that's not bad for a woman. And the kids throw some food at him and Luella the caretaker calls him a goofball and walks off. We cut back to Yick and Arthur eating lunch by themselves but at a one table away from each other. Arthur then, Yick and Arthur then look at a poster hanging on the wall that says peace on earth. Yick then gets up and he tells Arthur that Dorothy's right. He damn right she is. And that this is dumb. And then they exchange their gifts as we see a little Tessa Campanelli in the background. 
and she's also happy for the dynamic duel making up. And they're also as they're and they're opening each other gift, and Yik tells Arthur that he hopes he likes his gift, and that it's embarrassing being poor. And Arthur tells Yik that it's the thought that counts. Arthur opens his gift, and it's a calculator, and he's excited. It's an old one of those old ones. I'm surprised they still sell calculators today, but then again, not this. I'm not surprised. They're very convenient. But you can have calculators on your phones. I have one on my phone. Yik tells Arthur that the calculator is so he can count all of his money, and Arthur gives a little chuckle. Yik then opens his gift, and it's a strap of some kind. Arthur laughs and jokes that in his family, they always wrap gifts so nobody can guess what it is. I did that one year, one Christmas. I got When I lived at home, I got a gift for the family, a present for the family. It was the Lion King for, an, for Super Nintendo. And I put, it, it, obviously it was in the box and everything. And I put that box in a bigger box and taped the Lion King box to the inside of the big box. So if people tried to shake it, it wouldn't make any noise. So yeah, that's what I did. So yeah, Arthur and I, man, we're like two peas in a little pod. Right on. Yik still doesn't know what the strap is, but anyway. And Arthur tells him that it's for his glasses so he can attach each end to the, uh, the stick parts of the glasses. I don't wear glasses. I don't know what they're called. The sticks. And when he attaches the, the strap to the sticks, his glasses won't fall off of Yik's head anymore. Yik wants to know, what did this cost? Three bucks? And Arthur says, so. And Yik says that he spent fourteen ninety five on Arthur's gift. And Arthur says, well, it's the thought that counts. Exactly, man. <laughs> they both smile as lunch is over. They get up. And they wish each, wish each other a Merry Christmas. They call each other broomheads. And that's when we get the freeze frame with little Dorothy in the background. Proud of her accomplishment. Well done, Dorothy. Well done indeed. And that's the end of this episode. A very good episode and a flashback episode. As I said, uh, nobody. Maybe the Zit Remedy and Caitlin and Joey. But at this point in, in the series, there's nobody who deserves a flashback treatment more than the dynamic duo. The originals. Of Arthur and Yick. Because they're awesome. Swamp sex robots baby. Yeah. And we now move on to. Season 3 episode 5. Entitled Loves Me Loves Me Not. Air date November 28th 1988. And I remember this episode. Oh man this episode. Joey Joey Joey. Anyway we start with Joey and Snake. They're selling copies of their demo tape. (laughs) That has their one and only song. And they're selling each each cop each tape for two dollars Alex and his friend each buy a copy and Alex remarks how these are cheaper than buying them in the store because they can just record over top of them <laughs> which is true <laughs> Caitlin is looking along, looking on as she decides to buy a copy of the demo Joey thanks Caitlin and tells her that she's got good taste in music <laughs> alright <laughs> Snake says that the tape has an extended version of their song <laughs> Caitlin looks back at Joey Gives him a little smile Joey looks back at Caitlin and gives her a little smile And a little trigger finger at her And that's when we get the classic intro After the intro Mr. Radish is handing out assignments that he uh, graded Caitlin got a good grade on hers And Radish gives Joey his mark And Joey didn't do too well on his assignment But Radich assures everybody that this assignment has very little impact on their final grades, but Joey still isn't happy, as Caitlin, who's sitting right beside him, is looking on, and she's feeling sad for him. Radich then tells the class that for their next assignment, 
They're going to be doing a film review and they can work alone or in pairs and that it's going to be an oral presentation in front of the class. Class ends and Mr. Raddus tells Joey that he'd like to speak to him after class. Meanwhile, Caitlin's friends are talking about how going to see a movie for homework is pretty much ridiculous and they're discussing what movies uh, to see and what not to see. One of them bring up the movie Teen Academy 4 and that how it's all sexist and they should not go see that movie. But Caitlin, while they're discussing this, is just mesmerized looking over at Joey and she's listening to the demo tape that she bought and then her friends remark about how she's just staring at Joey and they joke about how Caitlin has a crush on Joey for a long time and Caitlin says that she doesn't before she admits that maybe she has half a crush on him and one of her friends says that she's seen Joey looking over at Caitlin which excites Caitlin. We go to the lunchroom where Snake and Wheels are talking about the grades they've been getting. Joey shows up and joins them. Snake tells Joey that he got an A in French and it was his first time getting an A in anything. And Joey tells them that he got a C in English. And Wheels tells Joey that, hey, a C's not that bad. But Joey says that it's his second time doing the course in the 7th or the 8th grade. So he should be doing a lot better. And everybody thought Joey would just breeze through this year, but it's embarrassing. Wheels suggests that maybe Joey should get some help. But Joey doesn't know from who and Snake suggests that maybe one of the kids from his class could help him out. But Joey doesn't want it. But Joey says he doesn't want to ask any of those narbos for help. <laughs> Snake suggests that maybe he should ask Caitlin. Because Caitlin's smart. And Reels, Wheels reminds Joey that he said that Caitlin was cute. Joey eventually agrees to the idea. Caitlin and Caitlin's friend sees that Joey's looking over at Caitlin and they tell Caitlin about it. And Caitlin gets excited and she doesn't know what she's supposed to do as she starts blushing and her friends make fun of her. <laughs> then we cut to Dorothy. <laughs> who's sitting there by herself just eating a piece of celery and staring. <laughs> and she's staring at Yick. <laughs> and Yick is noticing it. And Yick asks Arthur, what's going on with Dorothy? Because she's just staring at him all the time now. <laughs> uh, seriously, man. You got to go back and watch this. <laughs> just how she's just watching. <laughs> uh, she's great. And Arthur replies that his cousin is weird. And she used to have a pet rat. Yick tells Arthur that he and Dorothy do sure do look alike. And Arthur says that they do not. Do not and Yick insists that they do. Well, of course they do. They're actual brother and sister. Yeah. <laughs> Elsewhere in the lunchroom, we see Alexa and Michelle, and Alexa is excited about an upcoming dance. And she's going to dance with every cute boy there. Michelle reminds Alexa that Simon gets jealous when Alexa does that. <laughs> Alexa says that she doesn't care about Simon. Or she doesn't care. And Simon is boring. <laughs> and they might split up. And that's when BLT enters the lunchroom. Michelle sees them. And she gives... Michelle gives BLT... The look of love times a billion. She is just enamored with this dude. It's for real. Alexa tells Michelle that she should ask BLT out. Michelle doesn't know how to because she's shy. She's not like Alexa. And Alexa offers to coach Michelle and help her. We go back to the hallway where Joey's at his locker getting his binder. When Caitlin arrives with her friends, Joey asks Caitlin if, she can, if he can talk to her for a second, which puts a big smile on Caitlin's face. Caitlin tells Joey that she liked his mixtape. Stop lying. And Joey gets excited and, <laughs> and thanks her. 
Joey then asks Caitlin if she has a partner for the movie assignment. Caitlin says that she doesn't. And Joey asks her if maybe they can be partners. Caitlin smiles and she agrees. And Joey asks her what movie she wants to see. And Caitlin said that she doesn't know. And she asks Joey what movie he wants to see. And Joey says that everybody says that Teen Academy 4 is dynamite. (laughs) And Caitlin agrees. (laughs) And they agree to go see the movie today after school. And Caitlin has the look of love in her eyes as well as Joey walks away, but nowhere near the look of love that Michelle had for BLT. For real, holy holy moly. She looked like she was ready to jump him right there in the friggin' lunchroom. We go to the stairway where Joey runs into Liz, and he tells her how beautiful he thinks that she is, and he asks her to the upcoming dance. Liz says that she already told Joey no, and Joey says that things are different from last year, and he wants another chance. And he begs Liz, and Liz eventually agrees, as long as there's no funny stuff. And Joey gets excited. After school, the kids are walking home when Dorothy approaches Arthur, and she asks him if Yick likes her. (laughs) Arthur gets freaked out and says, no way, and tells her to get lost. (laughs) Elsewhere outside the school, Caitlin is excited about her upcoming movie outing with Joey, and how it's like a date. And she's never been out on a date before with her and just one other person. And her friends tell her that Joey's not her type because Joey flunked. And Caitlin replies that opposites attract. Joey shows up to greet Caitlin and they're off to the movies together. And we cut from there to the Fox Beaches Theater on Queen Street, which I would guess does not exist anymore. But uh, was a real theater back in the day. And the movie's over. Joey remarks about he loved about how he loved the movie and asks Caitlin if she agrees. Caitlin says that she doesn't really agree because all the women in the movie spent the whole movie in bikinis, and, they, and she thought it was kind of sexist. And Joey said that then that then okay, we'll just give the movie a bad review. And Caitlin says, but you liked it. And Joey says that what does he know? He's the one who flunked. So Caitlin obviously knows what she's talking about. Caitlin then tells Joey that just because he had a bad year doesn't mean he's stupid. And that there's all kinds of smart people and he's smart with people and good with people. And that makes Joey happy and he offers to walk Caitlin home. Alright Joey. Joey then asks Caitlin if she's going to the dance tomorrow. And she says that she doesn't know and Joey tells her that she's got to go because it's going to be fabulous. And he tells Caitlin that he'll even dance with her. And this makes Caitlin very happy. And they agree to meet at lunch tomorrow to work on the project. And they part ways as Caitlin puts on her headphones and listens to the Zit Remedy Remedy song and pretends that it's the greatest song she's ever heard in her life. (laughs) The next day on the way to school, Yick is walking to school when Dorothy jumps out from behind a tree and squirts him in the face with a squirt gun. And he calls her a narbo (laughs) as Dorothy runs off. We go to class where Caitlin is updating her friends on the movie outing with Joey and she tells them that he bought her popcorn and they all get excited and she then says that he walked her home and they all get even more excited and she then tells them that Joey asked her to the dance and they get ultra excited until Caitlin says that he sort of asked her to the dance and that he said he would dance with her. And her Caitlin's assure, sorry, her friends assure Caitlin that that means they are going to the dance together. Oh man! Joey shows up for class and says Caitlin says hi to him. Joey says hello back as Caitlin's friends are just sitting there giving Joey the eye. 
Joey looks back at them, and he's obviously wondering what the hell they're <laughs> what the hell they're up to. <laughs> After class, Alexa and Michelle run outside the hall as they wait for BLT to show up. And when he does show up, Alexa invites BLT to eat lunch with her, Michelle, and Simon in the park. BLT gives him a big smile and he agrees. And then Simon asks, We're eating lunch in the park? <laughs> God, Simon! <laughs> oh, we got plenty more stupidity coming from Simon in this episode of Degrassi, buddy, I tell you. It's coming. <laughs> Elsewhere at lunch, Kaylin and Joey are going over their movie project together. And they're wondering what to say. Kaylin suggests that... That they liked it, but they both say that they liked it, and Joey says no, because Caitlin didn't like it, and Caitlin asks why her opinion is like matters, because she's really trying hard to land Joey, man. Come on, Caitlin. And Joey says that he wants to get a good grade, and Mr. Radish likes Caitlin's opinions, and that's when Caitlin suggests that they each give their own opinion, like movie critics on TV, and Joey loves that idea. Over at the park, Alexa, Michelle, Simon, and BLT are eating lunch together when they bring up movies, and BLT says that he saw Teen Academy 4 and he thought it was great. Alexa agrees, but Simon and Michelle disagree, and they didn't like it that much. But Alexa and BLT continue talking about how they loved the movie, and they talk about how certain scenes were great. Simon tries to chime in with his opinion, and Alexa shoots him down. (laughs) Michelle then says that it's getting late and they gotta get back to school. So they all get they all get up and start walking back to school as Alexa and BLT are walking side by side. And about six feet behind them, Simon and Michelle are walking together, wondering what the hell's going on. <laughs> back at school, Caitlin and Joey are giving their presentation on the movie, and Joey talks about how he loved it and how it was funny. Caitlin talks about how it was sexist and was full of bimbos. And it was very unrealistic. And Joey says that why does everything have to be realistic when life is already realistic? And people just need to be entertained sometimes. Joey gives the movie three thumbs up. While Caitlin gives the movie three thumbs down. The class applauds. And Mr. Radish tells them that they did an excellent job. After class, Joey is excited because he got an A. And he tells Caitlin that this is so great. Caitlin is beautiful, she's smart, and she's perfect. Joey then tells Caitlin that they've got to work together all the time. And he's got problems in math, and he asks Caitlin if she can help him, and she says sure. Joey celebrates and leaves, and as he's leaving, Caitlin says that she'll see him at the dance. And Joey replies, count on it. And Caitlin is left just gaga for Joey. (laughs) Oh, man, yep, anyway. Elsewhere after class, Alexa is waiting for BLT to finish talking with the teacher. Michelle thanks Alexa for helping her. And Alexa, in a sarcastic way, Alexa apologized for basically moving in and sweeping BLT up from Michelle. And Alexa tells Michelle that boys are like buses. If you miss one, another will come along in a few minutes. (laughs) Outside the school, Simon is waiting as Michelle shows up. Simon offers to walk her home since they both live in the same direction. Michelle asks Simon why he's not waiting for Alexa. And Simon says, <laughs> Simon says, <laughs> Simon says that he's, that Alexa's kind of busy right now. And then Simon says, <laughs> Simon says that he's got an idea for the dance tonight and he thinks it'll be fun. We go to Caitlin's house where she's in her room getting ready for the big dance. She pops in the Zit Remedy tape and plays their one and only song. 
and she puts on her makeup, takes a look at a certain dress, does her hair, and she's getting ready for her big night with the Joe Man. Later that night at the dance, Lucy's walking around by herself. Snake and Luke say hello to her as they continue to walk past, and Luke remarks to Snake that, that, that he heard that Lucy sleeps around because of that Paul guy from Borden. Snake says that he thinks that that's just a rumor. Then we see Alexa and BLT at the dance together, and Alexa remarks about BLT's muscles, and she bets that he works out every day. And then suddenly Simon and Michelle show up arm in arm, and they see Alexa, <laughs> and they see Alexa and BLT, and they say hello. And Michelle asks Alexa if she's waiting for a bus. <laughs> Alexa is not happy at all as Simon and Michelle get on the dance floor and start dancing together. Alexa then tells BLT, let's dance. And BLT says that he's not done with his drink, but Alexa doesn't care. And she says, let's dance. And she just drags BLT onto the dance floor where we see Dorothy dancing with another girl, which means that she couldn't score Yick. But hey, there's always time. <laughs> Caitlin shows up at the dance looking like she put a lot of work into her look. Her friends see her and they're wowed. Caitlin says that she hopes Joey likes it. And her friends say... Tell her not to worry because Joey likes you. And Caitlin says, I don't want Joey to like me. I want him to like me. <laughs> Joey then shows up wearing the classic 80s tuxedo t-shirt. <laughs> For those who don't know what that is, that's a t-shirt with a, with a tuxedo design on it. <laughs> Basically the poor man's tux. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> God. Oh. <sighs> Caitlin sees Joey. She says hello to him. Joey says hello back. And he tells Caitlin that she looks great. And he asks Caitlin if she's seen Liz around. And Caitlin says that she thinks Liz is in the gym. Joey thanks Caitlin and leaves. <laughs> Caitlin asks Joey that she thought they were supposed to dance. And Joey says later. And then he meets up with Liz. And they go off and dance together. Oh, God. Caitlin is crushed. One of her friends looks like she's going to walk up to Caitlyn to comfort her, but she's stopped by another friend. Caitlyn leaves, and she goes home. And we're in her room. She's sitting down at her mirror. She's crying as she removes her makeup, undoes her hair, and Caitlyn has got the look of a woman scorned on her face big time. And she sees the Zit Remedy tape box. She removes the tape from her radio puts it in the box, the case, and tosses the case in the garbage. Oh, joy. The next morning, Yick and Arthur are walking to school together when Dorothy jumps out from a tree again and squirts them with a squirt gun in the face, and she runs off again. Yick once again calls her a narbo, and he asks Arthur what's going on with Dorothy, and Arthur replies that Dorothy likes him. We cut to Caitlin walking to school by herself, and she's got, uh, she's still got that look of scorn times a thousand on her face. Joey shows up and he says hi to her. And he tells her that it was a great dance. Caitlin tells Joey that she went home because she wasn't having a good time. And she continues to walk away looking very not happy. And Joey asks Caitlin if she can help him with math at lunchtime. And Caitlin says, not today. Joey says, how about tomorrow? And Caitlin says, not tomorrow either. <laughs> and she continues walking. And Joey says to Caitlin, I thought you liked me. <laughs> Caitlin then stops, slowly turns around, 
and we get the freeze frame in the credits. God, Joey. <laughs> strike one. Oh, strike one. What an ep. I remember this episode. I mean, I, I always liked the Liz character, but even back then, I was like, Joey and Caitlin, man. Because I was, I was a fan of the opposites attract type of thing, man. And I was like, Joey and Caitlin, Joey and Caitlin. Then come on, Joey, idiot. Strike one. Way to go, idiot. God. And we finally move on to season three, episode six, entitled He Ain't Heavy. Air date December 5th, 1988. Two days after I turned 13. Yeah. <laughs> and this episode, I did not, for taking notes, I did not do speech to text. Do not do speech to text for anything ever. If it takes you longer to type stuff out, just do it. Speech to text because I was going nuts. There's going to be a lot of editing in those first two recaps. Bloody hell, all the stuttering. Anyway, we start with students signing up for basketball tryouts. Shane BLT and Snake are signing up. And Snake hopes that he can make the team like his brother did back in the day. And his brother was captain of the basketball team, captain of the football team, captain of the debating team, school valedictorian, and now he's in med school on a scholarship. And that's when we get the classic intro. After class, we're in Mr. Garcia, sorry, after the intro, we're in Mr. Garcia's class where they are doing a handshaking exercise where every student shakes hands with four other kids. And after they're done, they all sit down and Mr. Garcia tells them to check the cards that they have. And everybody with the letter A, or anyone with the letter A on their card, is told to stand up. And Snake has the letter A. And Garcia tells Snake that that means he's got AIDS. Garcia then tells everybody that everybody who shook hands with Snake, stand up. One of the twins stand up. Simon BLT and Shane also stand up. Which means that they've come into contact with someone who has AIDS. Garcia then tells the class that anybody who shook hands with those five kids, please stand up. And then everybody in the class ends up standing. Garcia then says that whoever has the card with the letter C on it was wearing a condom. And that's BLT, Nancy, and Shane. And they're safe. After class, Simon says to Michelle that he didn't know that you can get AIDS from shaking hands. <laughs> God, dude. <laughs> See what I'm talking about? <laughs> Stupid. What a moron. <laughs> Shane and BLT then joke with Snake about giving everyone AIDS. And they start talking like they're gay. Until si until Garcia sees them. Snake then says that he heard straight people can get AIDS too. Garcia leaves and they start acting all gay and joking around again. Because back at this time, and back at this time, the 80s and stuff. It was pretty much believed that only gay people got the AIDS. But obviously that is not the case. And never was the case. Elsewhere in the hallway, Lucy approaches LD and asking for forgiveness for not inviting her and the twins to her party. LD says that she doesn't want to get in the way of Lucy and Paul. And Lucy says that she and Paul aren't going together anymore, but Lucy doesn't buy it and she just walks away. After school, Joey is trying to sell more copies of the Zit Remedy tape. When Caitlin arrives and Joey says hello, but she ignores him. Snake shows up and Joey says that he's going down to Crazy Radio to give them a copy of the demo. And Snake says that he's just going to go and play basketball. He doesn't want to go to Crazy Radio. But Joey isn't happy about that. He isn't happy about anything. Because Wheels doesn't come to school anymore. 
Snake just wants to play basketball and Joey's doing all the work. Snake tells Joey that CRAZ Radio, they're not going to listen to the demo because they're a real radio station and they're just kids. Back in the hallway, Arthur complains that he's got so much homework that he'll never be able to get it done on time. And off to the side, Dorothy and Tessa shake hands and Dorothy tells Tessa, go ahead, ask him. And that's when Tessa approaches Arthur and asks him if he's rich. And Arthur says no, that it's just a rumor. Tessa leaves, and Arthur asks Yick if he's been telling people. And Arthur and Yick says no. Tessa then tells Dorothy that Arthur said he's not rich, and Dorothy insists that he is. Joey arrives at Crazy Radio with a briefcase. <laughs> the secretary thinks Joey's there for the job, and Joey says that he's there to see the program manager to give him a copy of the demo. The secretary tells Joey that he can leave the tape with her, but Joey wants to sit and wait, which he does. We cut back to the school where Snake is playing basketball with BLT, Shane, Luke, Simon, and one other guy who, uh, we, uh, he was never anybody. And then another guy pulls up in a Jeep. And this other guy, he calls out to Snake, and it's Snake's older brother, Glenn, who offers Snake a ride home. Snake asks Glenn why he's not in school, and Glenn says that classes got canceled for a couple of days. Snake doesn't buy it, and he thinks the real reason is that his brother dropped out, or that he's getting married, and Glenn says that those aren't the reasons, and Snake says that that's too bad because their mother can't wait to have grandchildren. Snake then asks his brother if he can coach him in basketball, because he's trying out for the team. Glenn and Snake arrive at the house, but Glenn wants to, to tell Snake something first before they go in. And Glenn says that classes were not canceled, and the reason that he's back is because he's moving out of the dorm and into an apartment with a friend that he cares for a lot. Snake smiles and he says, you're moving in with some girl, right? And Glenn says no, that he's moving in with a guy. And Snake says, so? You know, give it a little laugh, so? You're moving in with a dude, so? Glenn tells Snake that his friend is gay, and Snake replies, what are you living with one of those for? God. And Glenn replies that he's gay too. And Snake first thinks that Glenn is joking around when their mother appears. And Snake is in shock. We go back to Crazy Radio, C-R-A-Z. And Joey is still waiting. And the secretary tells Joey that he needs to leave because it's closing time. And Joey says that he'll be back tomorrow. The next morning, Glenn is out for a jog as Snake is leaving for school. Glenn tries to talk to Snake, but Snake is uncomfortable. And Glenn tells Snake that he tried to tell their parents last night, but after how Snake reacted, Glenn got scared. Snake gets angry and wishes his brother just kept it all a secret. And Glenn tells Snake that he wanted Snake to know who he really is, and Snake just leaves. At school, Barty, a.k.a. Bartholomew Bond, and another kid approach Arthur, and they ask Arthur if he's rich. (laughs) And Arthur denies it, and Barty tells Barty and his friend high five each other as Arthur wonders why everybody's asking him why if he's rich all of a sudden. Arthur tells Yick that he doesn't want anybody to know because if kidnappers find out, they'll take him. <laughs> Arthur then says that once people find out you're rich, they never stop bugging you for money. I'm sure that's the case. <laughs> Snake arrives at his locker and BLT and Shane show up telling him how cool his brother is and how he must get a lot of women. They ask Snake if his brother can play basketball with them sometime and Snake says no and he gets angry. 
Joey then shows up and BLT and Shane asks Joey if he's famous yet. And Joey says that he's going back to Crazy Radio after school for a meeting. But BLT and Shane don't believe him. No shit, they've heard the song. <laughs> back in Mr. Garcia's class, he's given a lesson on how to protect yourself from getting, a- getting a- AIDS. It wasn't called HIV back then, it was just strictly AIDS. Uh, Erica asks if mainly prostitutes and homosexuals get AIDS. Why do they have to worry? Garcia reminds her of the experiment with Snake and the card. Another student, Allison, asks that if a mosquito bit someone with AIDS and then bit you, can you get AIDS? And Garcia says no, that insects do not spread the AIDS virus. And I remember hearing more than one time that uh, regarding mosquitoes, they only bite once and then they die. Now, I don't know if that's the truth, but I don't know, but that's what I heard. A mosquito was born, it flies around, once it bites into a living thing and gets blood, it dies after that. That's what I heard. Uh, look it up and let me know, everybody. Cerealandcrapejuice.com <laughs> Class ends, BLT and Shane are joking with Snake about having the AIDS. Snake gets angry and pushes BLT, who pushes back, and a fight almost breaks out between them before Garcia shows up and stops them. Garcia then asks Snake if there's anything he wants to talk about and puts his hand on Snake's shoulder, which makes Snake quickly back up against the wall. Garcia says that he's there to speak to him anytime he wants him, and he leaves. And right uh, behind Snake, as Snake is backed against the wall, is a picture of Glenn as Athlete of the Year when he was a Degrassi. After school, Dorothy asks Arthur why he's been telling people he isn't rich. And she says that she's made bets with people. That he is rich. And because Arthur's been denying it, she now owes people a total of $20. (laughs) Arthur tells Dorothy that if she promises not to tell people he's rich anymore, he'll give her $20. Dorothy then says that she bet a little more than $20. (laughs) And Arthur says, okay, fine, $25. Dorothy agrees. And then she promises not to tell any more people that Arthur's rich. And she has her fingers crossed behind her back. LD and the twins are leaving school when Lucy shows up and she wants to talk to LD again. But LD keeps walking when we hear the horns of Clutch's car. And it's Clutch showing up with Paul and they're there to pick up Lucy. LD tells Lucy that she better run to her boyfriend. And Lucy again says that they split up but LD isn't buying it. Lucy then tells LD to come with her to Paul so they can ask Paul themselves. LD, LD, come on. Hey, Lucy. Boyfriend's calling. Better run. I told you, we split up. Aw, and you were just getting started. Nothing happened at my party. Everyone knows your little secret. Fine, you don't believe me? Let's ask him. Do you want to know or not? Hi, I missed you. Did we have sex? What? At my party, did we have sex? We had a good time. 
Did we or did we not have sex? Tell me to my face. Well done, Lucy. You tell him, man. Paul. Idiot. Clutch. Bigger idiot. <sighs> so anyway, after that, L Lucy walks off. LD uh, runs after her and apologizes. And uh, they pretty much make up pretty quickly right then and there. And back at Crazy Radio, Joey arrives as the secretary is on the phone with her boss, telling him that nobody has applied for the janitor's job, and she'll hire the first kid that applies. She tells Joey that the manager is in a meeting and he won't see Joey anyway, and to leave the demo tape with her. Joey then brings up the janitor's job and offers to do it, and says that she'll ask. Well, the secretary agrees. She likes she likes Joey's perseverance, so she says that she'll do it, and she'll ask for Joey, and Joey ends up taking his seat anyway. Ah, <laughs> oh, Joey, come on, man. Snake arrives home from school. As Glenn is packing up his Jeep and about to drive off, Glenn tells Snake that he told their parents about him being gay. Well, not about Snake being gay, about Glenn being gay. And they replied saying that he doesn't exist anymore and Snake is the only son they've got now, which shocks Snake. Snake apologizes for how he reacted. Glenn forgives him. Snake then wonders if he's going to become gay because Glenn is gay and Glenn says no. Snake then asks Glenn when he's going to be back, and Glenn replies, when I'm welcome. We get the freeze frame and the credits. Another great classic episode of Degrassi Junior High. Man, and I tell you, man, Simon, you are the biggest dumbass. And I don't know if there, I don't remember if there's any dumbass bigger than Simon in the whole series. I mean, maybe someone will show up that I forgot about, but for now, Simon is the... Degrassi dumbass champion of the freaking universe. I didn't know you can get AIDS from shaking hands. Come on, dude. <laughs> anyway, that was Degrassi. <laughs> what a moron. <laughs> that was Degrassi Buddy episode 10. Serial and GrapeJuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. If you like this episode, leave feedback uh, on the Degrassi Buddy links or email me at Nairby at gmail.com. Uh, because as I've been saying, after Degrassi Junior High, we will be doing Degrassi High. Uh, I do have nine seasons of Degrassi Next Generation on DVD, but uh, whether or not we'll be Degrassi buddying them depends on uh, any people feedbacking, because I think those episodes are an hour long each from what I remember. I think. It's been a while since I've watched them. But yeah, if you want to hear them, I mean, I need to know that there's enough people out there being like, yeah, man. Yeah, we want to hear more about dumb people like Simon, the champion of dumb people. Anyway, tune in next week for Degrassi Buddy episode 11 where we'll be, we will be covering episodes 7, 8, and 9 of Degrassi Junior High season 3 entitled The Whole Truth, Star-Crossed, and Food for Thought. Food for Thought is uh, quite a uh, another one of those hard-hitting, pushing-the-envelope episodes from what I remember. Anyway, join us for that. Share this around. Spread the love. Don't be an idiot like Simon. Don't worry. You cannot get AIDS by shaking hands. And you also cannot get AIDS if you're a dumbass like Simon. Well, I guess well, if, you, if you're if you reckless, then you are a dumbass. So, I don't know. Anyway, join us for that next time on Degrassi, buddy. Simon's a moron. Have a lovely day. <laughs>